best reason first is you're probably not going to overcome drinking. This is the next reason because most alcoholics leave a double life. Their insides don't match their outsides. What's happened? They have this world that they've created that they think everybody buys into, but inside they feel like that's not who they are. And that's not unusual for alcoholics. What happens is this, this outsides and insides begin to amalgamate. Right as soon as you start doing this stuff in the fifth step, this amalgamation starts to take place between who and what you really are and how you see yourself. And that's, I think, one of the greatest gifts of Alcoholics Anonymous is a healthy and honest self-perception. Well, hello, friends of Bill W. and other friends. You have landed on Sober Speak. My name is John M., I am an alcoholic, and we are glad you are all here, especially newcomers. Newcomers, that is, both to recovery as a whole and newcomers to this podcast. Sober Speak is a podcast about recovery centered around the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. My job here on Sober Speak is simple. My job is to provide a platform to the amazing stories of recovery all around us. Consider Sober Speak, if you will, your meeting between meetings. Please remember, we do not speak for AA or any 12-step community. We represent only ourselves. We are here to share our experience, strength, and hope with those who wish to come along for the ride, take what you want, and leave the rest at the curb for the trash man to pick up. Greetings! From Studio AA Deep in the heart of Texas, that was the voice of my friend, Mr. Marty C., that you heard at the beginning of this here episode, episode number 295, and you are going to hear so much more from him in just a moment, but first things first, this episode is brought to you by Mo and Calvin and Brad. And what you may ask, did Mo and Calvin and Brad do? Well, they went to our humble little website, www.soberspeak.com. They clicked on that little yellow donate tab and they made a contribution. So thank you so much, Mo and Calvin and Brad. This here episode is coming right out to you. We're going to let all the other listeners listen on in, but this episode is coming right out to you. And a special thank you for helping us keep the virtual lights on. And remember, no matter who you are or what your past looks like, you are welcome here. It's an open table to all, and we're glad you have joined us. So I was thinking a little this week about... And one of the reasons, at least, I began this uh, podcast, and um, like, like I said, there's a lot of reasons, or there's several main reasons, I'll, I'll put it that way, but one of the main reasons is that I, w- when I was newly sober, my heart was touched by stories that I would be heard being told both in the rooms. uh, And when I say in the rooms uh, during meetings 
uh, like little mini stories that people, little vignettes people would share about their lives. And I was also touched by recovery stories that I heard people telling them from the podium and the cassette tapes that I used to drag around and I would listen to those all the time. All those things really touch my heart. So I'm hoping that these types of stories touch your heart as well. And I'm assuming they do, or you probably not would not be along for the ride with us, but uh, I'm so glad that you are here. Now on to my friend, Mr. Marty C. Marty C is going to be discussing step five and the name of this particular episode. We're calling it step five, thoroughness and honesty. Marty talks about the importance of a fist step with another human being, how the alcoholic leads a double life, uh, a part of the fist step uh, promises are that our fears will fall from us, and we will discuss the fifth step promises on page 75 and much more. Now, Marty has been with us several times before. Uh, the last time I had him on, we did a two-parter for just the fourth step, and it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, you want to go back and listen to those if you haven't already, and all of Marty's episodes, actually. But anyway, we will have plenty of listener feedback, so stick around with us after Marty is done. Enjoy, Marty. Okay, everybody, so we are sitting here again with, we have in the house, Mr. Marty C., the fan favorite Mr. Marty C. So, Marty, go ahead, introduce yourself. Give your sobriety date if you so wish to do so and tell people where you live in this great world of ours. Well, first, John, thanks so much for the introduction. If, if we didn't like each other so much, I would think that that was all put on. <laughs> thanks it so much not. for having me. You know, I appreciate the enthusiasm and thanks for having me. This is such an honor and uh, a blessing to be able to be a part of this hard work that you do. And I, I'll be forever grateful for, for meeting you and participating in this. My name is Marty. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a member of the Prince George Group in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Uh, I've been sober since July the 16th, 1987, uh, just as a result of dropping to my knees and screaming out for help, and that help came. And uh, from that time to this, I've had a, an affair with Alcoholics Anonymous that I would consider an absolute uh, maniacal love affair. And uh, it's been it's been wonderful. It's been a wonderful trip. And thanks for being a part of it, brother. A maniacal love affair. I love, that is fantastic. That's a great way to phrase it. And I also want to thank, uh, I don't know if we do this every time or not, but Mr. Jason F. was the gentleman who reached out to me and said, if you've never, now I, I get this sometimes, right? Uh, people say, you know, they'll, they'll refer somebody over. Anyway, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. I'll put it that way. However, in this particular case, I'll be uh, forever grateful to Mr. Jason. And I just happened, he had referred me to you. And then I got on a Zoom meeting. I think this was back during COVID. And you were doing something to do with the steps. And actually, I looked at the attendees and Charlie P was in there. I said, oh, well, Charlie P likes Marty C too. So this is fantastic. I must be uh, going down the right path here. All right. So we last time we got together, Mr. Marty, 
uh, we talked about steps four. Oh, and before we go into that, I also want to mention this, is that before we got on, number one, we were having some technical difficulties. I hope those kind of disappear. We're going to see. They may or may not, but we'll go with what we have, right? But my son came up here right before we started. And I said, hey, you've got to show this to Marty. I think Marty will really enjoy this. Uh, and he came. What did he show you? Oh, it's amazing. It was a Porsche 911 replica. Uh, I didn't even know it was possible to do this at a Lego. I, I've got grandchildren. I'm just used to stepping on them and cursing like crazy. So I, I don't know what a Lego can can do. But that was amazing. You tell your lad there, it's amazing. Plus, he's got good guns. He's a wrestler. He, he, I can see him on the camera. He's got some pretty good pipes there for a young fella. So uh, it was very nice for him to share that with me. And uh, of course, I'll never probably own a Porsche 911, but uh, that was a, that's a nice little model, I'll tell you. Good work. Yeah. And it has suspension and everything oh, on the yeah. Lego. Oh, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. And the other thing I just want to bring up real quick here is that as you know, you are from Canada. <laughs> That's where you're sitting right now. And you have a cat on that says salt life on it. So are you kind of a, a wannabe beach guy or what's your thing? There? Oh, and, you, and then you have a, a San Jose Sharks jersey on, right? I see it. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're kind of, I, I don't know, what is your, where does your heart lay? Probably near the water. And I know, and I've been, again, in recovery for all these years, and a lot of people that find their salvation near water and uh, their peace and their, their contemplation near water. So there's no doubt about that. The Salt Life hat is a, it's a, actually a fishing brand of hat. And uh, it's a, a brand that I like their clothing. I like. I got a couple of shirts, but it's a deep sea line of, of clothing, and it's, it is it is a nice line of clothing. And, and because of my fishing, my love for fishing, that's where that comes from. Of course, the San Jose Sharks. I mean, the best team in the NHL for the last twenty five years. So up until <laughs> up until the last couple of years, are a bit of an embarrassment. But yeah, I've been a fan for a long time. So, hockey. I'm a hockey guy. Anybody who knows yeah. Canada knows we love our hockey. Okay, so let's turn a corner here. And like I said, last time we got together, we talked about the four-step. And boy, did we talk about the four-step. We had two full episodes on you breaking down the four-step, what's involved with the four-step, some of the technicalities that go along with it, how to get through the four-step. It was great. And I've got, a, I've got a lot of feedback regarding those two episodes. Now... It's time to turn our attention to the fifth step. So the fifth step, as you know, is admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. So when you hear that, the fifth step, and you know, and I'm sure you'll kind of, well, I'm thinking you'll kind of bridge the fourth and the fifth step together, but what comes to mind for you regarding the fifth step? Well, the, 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 what comes to mind first is, is, is the absolute sort of – we, we hear this thing that it's, it's uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, the 12 steps are not easy, but they're simple. And they are. They're simple in context, but they're not easy. And, and the, thing about, the thing about this step, what makes this step a little difficult to comprehend is admitted to my God, to myself, and to another human being. So the, the part that really sort of uh, 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 is – is interesting in that it's another human being. 
you know, most alcoholics will have, say to themselves, okay, I've got all this inventory and all this stuff about me. It's like, can I just admit it to God? Can I just sort of quietly just sort of say, just keep it between me and God? And we bring this other person into this into this loop. I think that's the most interesting and most powerful thing. And, and the other thing about that is like in all, in the history of religiosity, a confession has played such a, a strong role in, 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 in all religions. There's a, there's a formula for confession, a confessional in all or most religions for sure. So having this as a part of our sort of, uh, uh, sort of doctrine for sake of another word is not unusual. What I, what I will say, John, is that, and I, and I may not have mentioned it the last time when we were talking about step four, how imperative it is that then when you begin to write a fourth step inventory, when you begin to sort of examine, write and examine your grudge list, for example, your examples, that's when you need to make an appointment for a fifth. You make your appointment for your fifth step when, when you start writing your fourth. And there's mm. a reason for that. There's a, there's a reason for that. You know what the reason is? Sure. The reason is, is that you'll do it. You see, what happens is, is, is if I meet a new guy and I say to the guy, okay, I want you to do a four-step, buddy, and, and uh, this is the date we're going to do a fifth step. They will uh, take that information, and so let's say I give them 14 days. When do you think an alcoholic will start, start writing his fourth step? Thirteenth day. <laughs> On day 13, every time. Never fails. But if he doesn't have a date at all, he won't write at all. And he maybe chip away. It'll bother him. He'll, he'll guilt out a little bit. He's going to have to see this old geezer at the next AA meeting he's at. And, oh, my God, he hasn't got anything done. And, and then the guy's saying to me, hey, how's that four-step coming six months later? And he's, yeah, I'm getting to it. You know, I went to the, the dollar store, and I got my pad and my pencils. And, and then six months later, it's like, what's going on? You know, and, it's, and it becomes this arduous process that historically was made into something it's not. It was never meant to be that, that sort of tough and so, so when a person actually uh, has a date, see, and, and with me, it's, it's very simple. I give my guys 10 days because I know what's going to happen. They're going to come up against blocks and stuff, and I don't want them sitting on that too long. So they write and write and write and write. They bring it, and I say, just bring to me what you got. And usually we're rescheduling a fifth step. So I'll, give, I'll schedule the fifth step, and then they come with what they got, and then I reschedule the fifth step. And, and I think you and I had that experience. You know, you were, you wonderfully blessed me with the opportunity to hear some of your fifth step. And we actually saw it. And then we said, okay, now let's give this a couple more weeks. And we came back together and did it. And, and that's what I find is, is the norm. And it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing because there's only one thing they ask, well, two things. There's only two things they ask for when you're doing inventory. And that's thoroughness and honesty. Those are the only two things. And the thoroughness can only come is if you if you take if you do the best you can take a breath and take a little bit of direction and it'll uncover discover you know you'll 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 find some more stuff about it so you set the fifth step up so you get it done that's that's the reason that you do it and that's again from a technical does everybody do that I don't I don't know I don't know but it's just to me that just makes good sense yeah my sponsor the first fifth step i ever did uh and the first fourth and fifth step uh my sponsor did he gave me i think it was a week and a half two weeks and he says it needs to be done by then and i was working a lot at the time and i remember and I, but i was single but every time uh, every time i wasn't working i was uh working on that fifth step and i got it all down i had like 183 resentments and all that kind of stuff it was a I got I got as much of it down as I could. So that's a really good method. I like that. 
Yeah. And I think another thing, when you, when you ask, when you ask the question about sort of like what, what comes to mind first, I, another interesting thing that I actually just, it just sort of sparked something to me a little while ago. And I've been thinking about is it, is that the fifth step can be found in our big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter six into action. That's where they outline it. Isn't it interesting that we consider this fourth step, such an arduous affair and such a task, but that's not action. They're not, they're not referring as that as being an action step. Isn't that something? I, I find that interesting. Now we're going to take some action. As you come out of the, you've written all of this stuff. Now we're going to take some action. What's the action? I can get up off my ass. I don't know if I'm allowed to say ass. Yeah. <laughs> get up off my ass and I'm going to go and see somebody and I'm going to share this stuff. So there's, there is some action. There's an, there's an event that's about to happen. And that's what I, 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 you know, I really like that idea that the fourth step is still this sort of self consummation. It's still, I'm powerless. I need power. I need power. I need to make a decision. I am resentful and fearful and my sex conduct sucks and I am this person. And there's this sort of self-consummation in those first four steps. Now we're going to take some action. We're going to bring someone else into the mix, you know? And that's, you know, that's that's the beauty of it. That's that's I think that exactly the way it's supposed to happen is at first it's like this madness about my past and me, and then there's this thing about moving into the new place. I'm moving into a new place. So, you know, I've been thinking about how you said, you know, another human being since we started here. Um, God's got the game rigged, and I wonder why He wanted to have us confess our sins, do a fist step, whatever you want to call it, to each other as opposed to just him. It's very interesting. I mean, I'm not asking you to, that's not something I'm expecting you to know the answer to, but it's just very, very intriguing to me that God set it up like that. Yeah, and I do have a thought or two about that because in my experience, and I think you and I have talked about this from in a spiritual from a spiritual standpoint, is I don't ever feel closer to God than when I'm with another alcoholic. Like I, the power and the presence of this God that I've come to have this relationship with is a an ongoing, current, moment to moment experience. But when do I really feel the connection to God? It's when I'm with another alcoholic for the purpose of recovery. It's, I don't think that's unintentional. I think that, you know, like you said, the game is rigged. We need each other. We need each other. The, the medical view in the back of the big book talks about the herd instinct. Uh, Chris Schroeder, you know my boy Chris Schroeder, did a great talk last night at, uh, at a meeting on, on just straight up on spirituality. He talked about the tribe mentality, you know, that you all have to be a part of and a contrib- make contribution to that tribe in order for everybody to flourish. And I think that that's what God ever, he, everything in our, in our, in our intention steps, steps four through nine, it'll put us in a position to, to be good to God's kids, to, to be good to God's other children, recognizing we are one of his children is one of the first acknowledgments and then that we are the intention in eight and nine and through theirs to be we're going to be good to god's kids so i think that this confessional piece lowers the boom when it says we we can look the world in the eyes is one of the promises coming out of the fifth step we can look the world in the eyes it's like before i was alone i felt separate from now i can feel a part of i can begin to feel a part of you know that's and i think that that was god's intention for us is to be together yeah. 
Well said. Okay, so one of the things that it says in the book here is on page 72, it says, uh, the best reason first, if we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. Mm. It's a pretty ominous warning. Uh, has that been your experience as well? Do you have any thoughts on that? I think it's an ominous warning. That's my thought on that. Just like you said, uh, hey, is there any other reason to do a fifth step <laughs> if you needed one? Isn't that a good one? Like, and and recognizing, you know, and, and most of the listeners, you know, we have a we have groupthink today, and we have a mindset that this process of the twelve steps takes time. I hearken you back to page thirteen in Bill's story, and I talked about this the last time we talked. When Bill was having his experience, he handed the paper and the pen to Ebby, and Ebby wrote down what Bill was giving to him as his inventory. That moment of recognition that this is what we're doing. We are inventorying and then we're sharing that with another human. Took moments. It, it was it was an experience happened in a, in a, in a hospital bed in, an, in in a part of an afternoon, and Bill had his his powerful spiritual experience that night. So when he's reflecting back and putting it into this stretch of this book and is how it works and into action and this kind of stuff, he's saying this is what happened. It doesn't change the fact for him or any other person that it happens right now. It happens when you do it. Well, the group think is, is this is a process over time, but if somebody's struggling to stop drinking in and out of alcoholics anonymous in and out and, and and weeks turn into months and months turn into years and they don't do this they probably won't overcome drinking they will return to drinking over and over and over and it's and 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 the and the language says if we skip this vital step it's not saying this this important step it's talking about vitality like water like air like spirit it's vital so Convincing somebody of that who's been around here for two weeks is not hard. If somebody was, their life was wrecked and they wrapped a car around a tree and their wife left them and they lost their job and everything two weeks ago, it's not hard to convince them that this, this stuff is vital. If the guy's here for like three and a half years and he's never taken a fifth step, it's pretty hard to convince him that this is vital. You know, yeah. so the way you pull up to the table is very different uh, uh, with respect to where your mindset is at. Our, and our job as sponsors, our job as message carriers, to help people have that mindset. And I think the best reason first, it says, you're not going to stop drinking. Why would we do this? Why would we tell somebody else all this stuff? Right. You know. Yeah, you got to be pretty beat up. Uh, there's yeah. another line here on page 73, uh, a couple of uh, lines actually. It says, more than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. And they talk about this also in the third step as well, but it says, he is very much the actor. To the outer world, he presents a stage character. This is the one he likes his fellows to see. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. So give me your thoughts on that, uh, and especially as it relates to the fifth step. Uh, just that passage I read there. Powerful. Is it, is it not like you think of Dr. Bob and his experience when he lays it out? Is that not a powerful, powerful piece? Like I look at that and I say to myself, okay, when we're looking at when we're looking at telling somebody all of their life story, which is, is the line right above it, it's to smash that 
it's it needs to smash that double life and and it's the beginning of smashing that double life because two things become um there are two principle governing principles that you begin to participate in when you sit with an inventory of your 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 glaring defects and damage and share that with another human two things are happening one is there's an honesty that you've probably never participated in at that depth and the second one is there's a humility it's the first humility is when when somebody's outsides match their insides it's an accurate appraisal of oneself and that's never possible without the without the input of another we can't sell Solitary self-appraisal has no effect with us. It's like it does nothing for us. But the moment we bring somebody else in the mix, humility takes hold, and that's a principle that's been a, that's been escaping us for a long time because we live in delusion. We have this concepts and ideas about the way the world is, but the minute we share it with another human being, and this is the interesting thing about this inventory, and we've talked about some painful stuff, you and I. The minute you take some of that painful stuff out of that core part of who you are and you share it with another human being, it loses its power. It loses the, the power it had to destroy you is lost. Now, there's many examples that, that I have of that happening personally inside of me. And so what you learn in this this experience here about to the other, like the, so the best reason first is you're probably not going to overcome drinking. This is the next reason. Because most alcoholics leave a double life. Their insides don't match their outsides. What's happened, they have this world that they've created that they think everybody buys into, but inside they feel like that's not who they are. And that's not unusual for alcoholics. What happens is this this outsides and insides begin to amalgamate. Right as soon as you start doing this stuff in the fifth step, this amalgamation starts to take place between who and what you really are and how you see yourself. And that's, I think, one of the greatest gifts of Alcoholics Anonymous is a healthy and honest self-perception. And that's what I think humility is. That's why it can't be talked about. It's sort of like... It's, it's a way of behave. We do something here that creates this humility. We can't seek it in and of itself. It's not something we can aim a target at and go and get it. That's a, I, I uh, love that. That may be our opening clip, the amalgamation of the outside and the inside. I absolutely love that. And it's a, it's a $64 word, too. I just uh, <laughs> I think that's fantastic. <laughs> okay. So... Um, I'm looking here in the book also. Uh, I'm looking at pieces that I've underlined and that are important to me. Uh, and, and there's another part on page 74. Is, it says the rule is that we need to be hard on ourselves, but always considerate of others. So we know to be hard on ourselves but always considerate of others in dealing with this and you know looking at a fifth step talk talk to me about some experience you may have had in that arena well i think a lot of what happens is that people have been wounded so we're asking people to to get a piece of paper and and write down their resentments and 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 it's nobody has a problem with this oh yeah yeah, I could do that. You know, who am I mad at? I can do that. And they start naming the names. And, and, and they put it down on paper in, in, in the inventory. And then and when they take them through the inventory, you're finding out on the other side that you've got some culpability in here. You have some responsibility here. You have a stake in this. You have you have perhaps even done some of the very things that you're, you're so upset about towards this individual. So so it brings, again, this, this, this crippling sort of humility where you're like... So when you're telling somebody about these things, 
this is a war this is just sort of like a forebodings that this is an opportunity for you now to recognize that you prayed for them in the four, four step prayer that these are sick people I, I can i perhaps see them as spiritually sick all right now i'm going to be hard on myself which i'm going to turn over every stone but at this point, I'm going to start to be considerate of, of the people I'm speaking about. I'm not going to slam them anymore. I'm going to try hard. This is just me. I'm going to, the people I work with, because if somebody says that bitch or that that uh, you know asshole, or they're talking about a boss, and I'm going to say I'm going to remind them about, uh, hey, why don't we just be a little bit more considerate? You know, these were sick people too. You know, and that's I don't always catch it, John. But when I'm hearing a fifth step, I can put that in there, right? And I know in my own experience. That's exactly what happened. I come out the other side and I start seeing the good in the people that had offended me, that I believed had offended me. I start seeing it anyways, and I'm able to see the, their glaring assets, not their glaring defects. So that's, and that's, that's huge. You know, I don't, I don't put a lot of this stuff on somebody and first run through, but this, this needs to be a way of life. If you've been around here for four and five and six years and ten years, this needs to be an, a way of life. It's how you, it's how you get from underneath not considering other people is by being able to be considerate of your enemies or considerate of your of your your resentment list your grudge list your foes so to speak you know i have uh i i experience what i call uh, unintended consequences when doing the fifth step mm. and i've talked about this before but i had like these little what i would call movies because of these sordid positions that i had put myself in in my life before i got to alcoholics anonymous uh, and because of those movies that used to go off in my head, I used to get hmm, kind of these twitches, like the movies would go off at unexpected times, and I would get these twitches. I looked, It was similar to like Tourette syndrome, but it wasn't as you know bad and as consistent as that. Once I did the fifth step, all of a sudden I noticed that those movies disappeared and I wasn't trying to get rid of the movies it wasn't even a thought on my brain but it just happened have you experienced any I guess what you would call unintended consequences or seen other people that have gone through similar type experiences while in AA and 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 Forgive me for not sort of catching the the gist of that, but be be a little bit more specific, John. So unintended consequences. Yeah. So when I say unintended consequence, like I wasn't expecting these movies in my head to stop playing. It mm. wasn't anything that I was working toward. I was just following the process, and I didn't know how things were going to turn out. I was just doing what my sponsor to do. But a consequence, an unintended consequence of that is that my spirit somehow cleared up and that I was able, these movies quit playing through my head and I wasn't having these twitches anymore. These, um, these like Tourette syndrome type of, you know, just all of a sudden it would hit me out of nowhere. I, I I think that's fantastic that you're able to identify that so specifically. I, I I think I think I think I'm getting what you're saying, and because this process of steps four through nine is so to, in in my in my experience and in my emphasis is so expeditious, I, I see more of that coming out of step nine, living in that life of of, of cleaning up some of that stuff, uh, the unintentional piece standing in front of it. <laughs> 
nobody knows what it's going to do. They don't even want to do it. It's like, why do I got to do that? How many times do you have to explain it? Why do I got to do that? And the fifth step, this is the best reason first. You might not overcome drinking. This is vital, man. And then why do I got to do that? We got answers for you. But you'll stand on the other side and you'll start to recognize the unintentional consequences of doing this. You know, the rule in my home as a child was don't talk, don't trust, don't feel. I shared that in my one of my earlier talks with you. Is that was the rule in my house? Men don't cry. Men don't. Well, what happened when it? The unintentional consequences, John, are pretty laid out in the in the promises coming out of the fifth step. Now, this doesn't talk specifically about the twitches, but it does talk about all the things that'll stop twitching. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it'll stop that Tourette shit. It, it, it's like, it's these aren't intentional. I'm going in here because I'm just following directions. Like, oh, man, I got to sit down with another person and tell them all this stuff. It's like, what are my intentions here? Well, my intentions are to follow the instructions in the program. I don't know what's going to happen, but let's see, you know. And then the consequences start to reveal themselves, and you go, I don't, and I laughing in the meeting I was in the other night when I was doing a talk on this, I said, the consequences are all, this is what the consequences that I do see all the time look like. It's like, why the hell didn't I do that sooner? Right. <laughs> people, people immediately, they think they know what's going to happen. Right. Keeps them from doing it. They do it and they've slapped themselves in the head and say, why didn't I do that sooner? Well, Okay, speaking of those promises, I want to go ahead and read this, and you can pick one or two of them out if you'd like to and comment on them, but uh, this is from page 75 of the big book, and these are the, I guess they call them the fifth step promises. Uh, everyone knows about the other promises coming out, 83 and 84, about coming out of the ninth step, but these are the, the fifth step promises. It says, once we have taken this step, withholding nothing... And that's part of the key of this process as well, uh, withholding nothing. We are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but... Now we begin to have a spiritual experience. That feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. We believe we are on the broad highway of the universe, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. I'm sorry, we feel we're on the broad highway, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. And So if you got nothing else out of Alcoholics Anonymous... Just walking through those. And one of the things there, though, it did say withholding nothing. So I'm assuming you've been through this. I know I've been through this uh, with uh, taking fifth steps from guys. And that is when you leave out something, that one thing, whatever it is, it usually does not. It's not the wisest idea. I'll put it that way. Cool. No. No. Uh do you want me to come at this here? You want, like, yes, so, please. So when we're talking, so, and again, some of the people who've been listening and anybody picking up some of my talks here know that, that, that I do have a, a, an appreciation of the technical. And when we talk about taking a fifth step or doing a fifth step, the line right be, like, above what we're talking about right now is, is, these are the fifth step instructions. And don't blink. It says, we pocket our pride and go to it, eliminating every twisted character, every dark cranny of the past. Boom. 
that's the instructions in step five. I have all that stuff written. This is the instruction. I'm going to pocket my pride. What does that look like? I'm going to set an appointment. I'm going to go show up. I'm going to walk in there with my papers and sit down. I'm, and I'm going, to, I'm going to go to it. I'm going to eliminate every twist of character. So I'm going to write this stuff down, twist of character, and I'm going to share it with somebody. Then it says once we've taken this step. So on the heels of a step five, withholding nothing. When you talk about that withholding nothing stuff, I can, I'm going to tell you a very quick story. Hopefully it'll be quick of my friend Brian because when we do our workshops together, I love it. I love it. You know, I was not Is aware that Brian of... P? Brian K. Oh, Brian, Brian K. K. Yeah, you'd, you'd love to get him on here sometime too. Brian's amazing. And Brian is uh, just an amazing human being. So we do these workshops together. And, and, and when we get to this place, I, I always ask him to tell a story. And even if he's not with me now, I tell him a story anyway because I love it so much. But his... So he, he's, he's got all this inventory written down. He's got some nasty stuff on. There's his first run through in, 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 in an engagement of going through these steps for the first time. So he, he's got this ton, this big inventory. And he goes and he sits down with a sponsor and he starts reading it. And he's going through all kinds of sort of uh, conduct, misconduct and, 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 and uh, some lying and stealing and robbing. And, and, and he's, not a, he's not a criminal, but he's got all this stuff going down, cheating. And he gets to this thing where he'd stolen a memorabilia card, a $10 memorabilia card from a sporting goods store, a sports memorabilia store. And he gets to it and he says, I'm not saying that. And he skips it and he keeps going. This is while he's reading his inventory to his sponsor. And, and he, nobody knows any better. It's just It just happened like that. And he t does a thing and they cry and they, they hug and they take the dishes up from wherever they were sitting and hug again and he goes out the door because now he's going to go and take his hour and when and, and when i talk about this the next time we talk because it could happen today uh, about step six and seven is you take that hour and while he was taking his hour it says were you completely honest did you skimp did you leave anything out and he went holy shit i i skipped right over that now what i do in a big room is i challenge people i said what do you think happened there what do you think happened there well, let me tell you what happened your ego at this point is now fighting for its life. The minute that you bring anything out of your insides to the outside, the ego wants you to retract it, recant it, and do not share that. Because the ego only plays with problems. And as long as you got them inside, the ego, which is your mind's voice, has something to play with. The minute you put it outside, it has nothing to play with. So it took one of the most insignificant, meaningless things that he had in his inventory and said, you don't need to say that. And in our book, in our 12 and 12, about these steps, it says, fear says you better, you, hey, you better not look this way. And pride says you don't need to look this way way and his ego spoke up and said that's not important skip it and so brian almost almost got his fifth step done almost and he would almost uh, uh have done this step almost he but instead he skimped he skipped he did his house you see what i'm saying so the ego needs to sabotage this experience so that he would almost have done a fifth step he had almost cleaned house thoroughness and honesty are the only things and what happens here is like the ego does not want you to do this it's going to find all kinds of reasons to stop you from going to the place you're going to do it and it'll stop you from you know I have all kinds of reasons that you can't do this. And so that, to me, is one of, the, I've, it's one of the most magnificent stories I've ever heard in real time about how this sort of stuff works. We could talk about it theoretically all we like, but the ego doesn't want you to do this. So when it says withholding nothing, that's, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about being free, and they're talking about laying this stuff out and walking out the door. It says, it says the consequence of that is that we're delighted. 
And it's like, who, who knew? And, 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 and delighted is an interesting word. Okay, because people think delighted is like la 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 la, you know, running through the pansies or whatever it's called. It's not. That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about delighted, unburdened. It's not we're happy. It's we're light. We are delighted. So we're we're unburdened. It's like holy sh- holy crap! I never saw that there until I circled it one day and went, well, that's what they mean. Because I keep telling people, say, oh, I wasn't delighted. I mean, I was. I was hurting. I was pretty upset. You know, I told, talked about a lot of crap. And I said, y- you got a lot of stuff out. Were you lighter? Well, yeah. Delighted. You were lighted. You see what I'm saying? You got, you got, there it is. So, so this is what we're talking about. And what it talks about, we says we can look the world in the eye. This promises. We can lo- look the world in the eye. The consequence of our sex conduct or our, our, our relationship conduct that we took a look at is that we couldn't look with the world in the eye. We were disconnected from our fellows because of our own debauchery or inconsideration or selfishness, self-centeredness and dishonesty. So now we can look the world in the eye. I can actually raise my head and look the world in the eye. It says we'll be alone at perfect peace and ease. Well, that's the opposite of resentment to me. Resentment is when I'm sitting alone and burning over something and it doesn't matter whether it was my past or about something like that, angry with somebody. It's like now I'm at peace and ease and nobody owns my, nobody owns me anymore. And it says our fears fall from us and this is the one I like. And if you remember when I was doing the fear inventory, I said, the fear inventory convinced me, Marty Cosgrove, that Alcoholics Anonymous works, that God is. That's where I learned this is from this. It says our fears fall from us. There's nothing for you to do. And when I talked about the four-step, I said, you do a four-step inventory on fear. You give me your fear list. And then in six months, I will call you up and I will say, okay, tell me your fears. And it will not be the same. There will be some missing. Why? Because you worked them out? Because you took your Ativan on time and properly? Because you hit a heavy bag? Because you, you, no. It'll, it'll, they will have fallen from you. Some of your fears will be gone with no effort on your part at all. Well, how'd that happen? Well, God is beginning to do for me what I could not do for myself. These things are being removed. They're falling from us. Like Sandy used to say, what kind of psychological term is that? You know, our fears fall from us. Go into your therapist and say, you know, they're saying, oh, I think today we're going to do some stress inoculation. Nah, I think I'm just going to wait for my fears to fall from me. <laughs> the therapist is going to think you lost your mind. But the fact is, is that if you do this, your fears fall from you. And... For anybody that has had any sort of misgivings about power or about God or identifying or outlining or seeing what that might be, this is where it simply introduces the concepts. We begin to feel the nearness of our creator. We begin to feel the nearness of our creator. It doesn't talk about a belief. It says there's something I can feel. And I believe that when we take this fifth step with another human being, as I said, especially if it's an alcoholic, that we are bound now. And I can feel the nearness of my creator because I just became closer to this individual. John, when you and I shared, it was the presence. I felt it. We're 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 on camera. And I felt it. The nearness of my creator in your fifth step was known to me. And I went away from it. I went away from it elevated, you know. And it says we may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. And the reason I highlight that in step five all the time is because in my estimation, just me, just me. I don't get a lot of people agreeing with me on this. So all you listeners out there, (laughs) this is just me. I believe it's at this point that you begin to turn back and help the new guy coming through the door.
When the 12th step says, having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message, or spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message. It says here we begin to have a spiritual experience. All I have to do is stay ahead of the guy coming behind me. I just can't let him pass me. <laughs> I just can't let him go past me. And the idea that is, is that where is there to slow down now anyway? I have a one-hour period. We do this stuff. We sit down and we share this stuff with somebody. And we walk away from it. And our, we have we have specific directions in step five right here is that we this is we return home we find a place where we've been quiet for an hour one hour that's one of the only time references in aa everything else is right now that's everything hmm. else in aa is right now the only place that says take an hour is to take an hour and why because they want you to in that hour assess whether you stayed in the now in the first five steps right so as we return home we find a place we can go quiet we review what we've done we thank god from the bottom of our heart and anybody again who's maybe disillusioned by this god all you have to do is you've been in the nearness of your creator's like there's something happening thank you there's something going on here and even if the only thing that's going on is that you you arrogant defiant anarchistic lone wolf guy all of a sudden now has done these first five steps that's pretty powerful shit you know what i mean so i'm gonna i'm gonna thank god from the bottom of my heart that i know him better and taking the book down i look look at the 12 steps and i look at the first five proposals and ask if i've skipped anything to ask if i've omitted anything and look at those first five steps am i still powerless do i know i need to access power and it, can i access that power through the third step can i continuously come back to that deal am i willing to take my inventory and look at resentment fear and sex conduct and i constantly in that game and do well i share with people when these things come up for we're building an arch that we can walk a free man is our work solid are the stones properly in place have we skimped on the cement have we tried to make mortar without sand those are the questions we ask that's the end of the fifth step that's that's what it looks like it at the end of it and and as i said a few moments ago when it says there it says um we now begin to have a spiritual experience you you've just completed that hour sitting with this stuff and you say, yeah. Now, that story I told you about Brian, he came to him in that hour, and he called his sponsor back, and he said, hey, I left something out, man. I went into this variety store when I was a kid, and, or when I was a, an adult. He was actually an adult, and I took this this card, and I didn't pay the guy. And and, and he thought his sponsor was going to lose his, because he skipped it, right? And the sponsor said, oh, okay, that's not terribly unusual that that stuff happens. No problem. Thanks, buddy. Have at her. And he put down, and he went, and he did, and and so that was one of his best amends too, which is very interesting because it was so humiliating for him. It was one of his best amends that he had to make, which is very cool that link. But but this process between where you're about to go to into step six and seven, and the actual workload of Alcoholics Anonymous, which is in ten, eleven, twelve, happens right now. There's no. It, it's a it's a way of life now. It becomes a swing. You enter that six and seven, which takes seconds, and you enter into this way of life while you're making amends and cleaning up your past. Your spiritual life begins to evolve around you, and there is no time there. And that's why I think this statement um, about having had certain spiritual beliefs now begin to have a spiritual and step twelve are directly linked. They are directly having had experience. I think that's what they're talking about. That's what I think. That's what I think. So that's why I've heard people say, well, you can't give away something you haven't got or something like that. Well, 
we're not asked to give away something we have. We're asked to give away something we've done. We have a program of action, a plan. If I've had if I've had success in doing it, then I share that I share what I've done. You know, that's what I that's what I share. You know, not everybody can lay claim to having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps, but most people can. A lot of people lay claim to having taken the steps, but they don't sponsor anybody. They don't do anything like that. So it's like, how does that work? You know, how does, tell me how that works. So. Anyway, so that's 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 where I'm at to the fifth step. I mean, that, ask me another question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that is actually a great stopping point. Uh, and, you know, so next time we get together, we can take up some more questions and talk about step six and seven. Uh, at least this time, we got all that step in in one episode. Like step four was, <laughs> man, that one was chock full of nuts. That was all kinds of information. It was great. So I'm glad it was two sessions, step four. I yeah. really am. Yeah, it needed to be, for sure. Uh, it was definitely the most in-depth that we have done on this podcast uh, with Step 4. And like I said, I got all kinds of great comments about it. And, and if people haven't heard that, they don't know what we're talking about, just go back and look up either Marty's name or Step 4 uh, within our library and see what you, and, and listen to uh, both of those episodes. It's Part 1 and Part 2 is what it comes down to. All right, Marty. You know what we do here, page 164 to wrap it up. It says, abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Just what we were talking about right there with the fifth step. Mm -hmm. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Once again, Mr. Marty, thank you so much for coming on to discuss thank step you. five. And we'll get some more time scheduled here soon. Okay, God bless you. Once again, my friend Marty C., thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to share your experience, strength, and hope regarding step five of Alcoholics Anonymous. And we will get Marty back on the calendar soon uh, to talk about step six, I'm sure. So you can look forward to that coming up in the future. If you have any questions, you can always email me at john, J-O-H-N, at soberspeak.com. And it doesn't have to be a question. It can be a comment about any of the guests or anything that you have on your mind. Feel free to reach out to me. If you're not part of the secret Facebook group, go to Facebook and search up so, uh, sober speak secret group and ask for admission into the group and we will get you on in there now on to a little bit of a listener feedback mandy writes in and mandy says um uh hello big hello one m <laughs> <laughs> big old but it was is very spread out i'll put it that way it's a big hello one m she says i am so glad your initial guest canceled curry was so great she's talking about curry in on episode number 290 and the name of that episode is god did for me what i couldn't do for myself 
She says, Curry was so great. I look forward to reading the books he was speaking of from your faithful listener. Oh, Mandy. <laughs> She's talking about there that whenever she writes in or I say her name, I start singing that Barry Manilow song. Oh, Mandy, well, you came and you gave what well, I'm taking, but I sent you away. Oh, Mandy. Beautiful song. But anyway, Mandy, thanks for writing in. Oh, Mandy. Mo writes in, and Mo says, Hi, John. I cannot express how important uh, a part of my program, Sober Speak, has become. I listen every morning as I walk our two dogs, Scamp and Callie, and can honestly say it is the best. Well, if Scamp and Callie are near you, if you could give them a little pet for me or whatever you want to do to recognize them. But uh, that's great. Uh, Scamp and Callie. Anyway, uh, he says, I'm Moji from, wait a sec, Moji. I'm Moji. Wait a sec. <laughs> Does that sound to everybody else like emoji? <laughs> I'm Moji. <laughs> I'm sure that can't be the first time he's heard that, right? <laughs> anyway, Moji. He says, I'm Moji, not I'm Emoji, from Glendale, Arizona, and I have been sober since November of 1999. I have just passed episode number 200, starting on episode number one and continued in sequence. Oh, that's great. He says, when I hit number one, hit number 100, I said to myself, self, you should make a (laughs) a contribution. (laughs) It's funny to see how different people spell a contribution. I don't even know how to spell it. I just say it Uh, to sober speak. And then he says, did I capture your accent correctly? And he's got a big laughing face. He says, but being the good alcoholic I am, I procrastinated and forgot all about it. No problem, Moji, emoji. So when I hit and went past number 200, I finally just, quote, went to the website and clicked on the little yellow donate tab, (laughs) unquote, at the top of the page to help support a great tool in my AA program. Well, thank you. Uh, As I say about all the contributions, uh, it is never expected, but always appreciated. And I appreciate you, Mo. And he says, my favorite speakers are so many, but to name a few, Gary K., David G., Charlie P., and Matthew M. And I want to say this now, by the time you hear this, it's going to be a little way out. I'm about to go on a vacation and uh, I'm getting way ahead of myself with these uh, episodes. And I just need to take a little break for myself to kind of get reinvigorated. But the only reason I'm telling you about that is because he mentions Charlie P here. And the day that uh, Mo wrote in, uh, Charlie P had just passed away uh, that morning. And he has gone to the big meeting in the sky, for those of you who don't know that. And uh, he will be sorely missed. He left a great legacy. And I'm so sad to see Mr. Charlie go. Um, 
but mainly I'm thinking about Katie right now and how she may or may not be. And uh, I just pray that she's doing okay. Katie, for those of you who may not know, Katie P is his wife. But anyway, uh, I responded to this and I copied Gary K and David G and Matthew M on the email. Um, but I told Mo the reason I did not copy Charlie was because he had just gone to the big meeting in the sky. Uh, once again, he will be sorely missed. Anyway, uh, Mo says, one of the things that I really appreciate about you, John, is your open-mindedness to have different speakers and approaches. Yeah, we've, we've had atheists on here. We've had uh, all kinds of approaches to AA on here. And he says, this allows me to listen to different perspectives from which I can then take what I need and file the rest for another point in my sobriety journey. Just one last thing, John, you cannot please everyone. So keep on being you. Thank you, Mo. The growth in your listenership is a testament to honesty and authenticity and avid listener, Mo G. Well, I appreciate your avidness listening, Mo, <laughs> and thank you for writing in. Uh, thanks for just being there. And what a, what a great email. Thank you very much. Dave posted this in the super secret Facebook group. He says, hiya gang. Thanks for adding me. And he's talking to everybody there in the Facebook group. He says, I'm 12 days sober. And finally, hopefully, finally, he says, surrendering to the beautiful, to my beautiful path. AA is the best thing that ever happened to me and my only option for happiness and deep meaning. Meaning, I'm feeling so grateful for this program, this fellowship, and now this podcast, Sober Speak. Thank you, John. I love your jovial, easygoing, and passionate spirit. I'd love to do what you do someday. Big love from down under, Davy. Well, Davy, uh, big love back at you down under, uh, Crakey, or what else do I say? Uh, what else do, um, um, Vegemite, uh, <laughs> Barbie, you know, like shrimp on the Barbie, not like, you know, Ken and Barbie. But anyway, Dave, thanks for posting that in the, in the Facebook group. Uh, we appreciate you being, uh, with us along with us for this ride. Danielle writes in, last and least here, Danielle writes in, and the subject line was connecting with Cassandra J. Cassandra J. I keep getting that wrong. Anyway, Daniel says, hello, John. I just listened to the, to the, uh, to episode number 291 with Cassandra, and I wanted to to know if you could connect me to her. I've been curious about ACA. That's, by the way, for those of you who don't know, that's Adult Children of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we did a whole episode on it. Anyway, ACA for a while, and I want to see if that's the right community for me. I'm currently working on my 12 steps in AA, but I feel like there are some other issues that is that it's not touching. 
ACA might be the answer. As always, I appreciate what you do and thank you for doing it. And I hope to make my way from Grapevine to your corner of DFW one day and see you at a meeting. Take care, Danielle. Well, Danielle, we would love to uh, see you in purpose, uh, in, in purpose, in person. <laughs> and uh, I hope we get to meet face to face as well. And as you know, I got you in touch with uh, Cassandra and hopefully uh, she can point you in the right direction. I'm absolutely sure that she will. Okay, everybody, that is one more episode in the can, as they say in the biz. And what else do I want to say? Oh, keep coming back. It works if you work it. And may God bless you and keep you until then. I take this one week at a time. Hope to be back next week. Uh, until then, be safe and be sober for those of you who, you know, have the sober issue thing. But if you're not a sober issue thing, you, you, don't, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Bye.